Welcome to the Should Have Backed It podcast. An eerie silence descended over Flemington as 100-1 rank outsider Rock and Horse took advantage of the inside rail to take out the new market handicap. In the feature, Cummings Mayor Dewis picked up its second group one with a sweeping run to take out the Australian Cup over the main fancies Think It Over and Spanish Mission. To talk through all this weekend's racing action, I'm joined by Australia's number one tipster and News Corp racing editor Chris Finuccio. Welcome back, Big V. It was good to see you down at the track on the weekend. We both got down there, and I hear you tipped the card. <laughs> Hello, Phil. Yeah, not quite. It was a nearly day for me, a lot of seconds. I probably nearly tipped the, the card in seconds. But, uh, yeah, funny you should mention about the, the silence at Flemington. Watching that new market with you, it was just unbelievable, the noise when, you know, they were inside the last 400. You were... Screaming your lungs out with Mask Crusader looked like that was going to just storm past them and win. And then all of a sudden, silence when the hundred dollar shot got up and won. It just, I'd never heard that before. I don't think anyone had backed that horse at the track. There was just no cheering whatsoever. You genuinely could have heard a pin drop, Big V. And I must say, I wasn't even looking on the inside. So when I saw Mask Crusader flying down the outside from our vantage point, it did look like it was going to go really well, but on reflection and on review, it was never in the contest. Yeah, because we weren't watching it on TV. We weren't seeing how far those horses on the inside, how far in front they were mm. of the horses on the outside. And so we, I don't think we were paying any attention to the inside horses. Because of the uh, those market prices they were, you just assumed that they were going to get run down by the outside horses, but they just weren't making up any ground and... And it just it was an incredible result at the end, and one that you know just surprised. I don't think anyone knew what to what to think. Well, that's right, Big V, and um, I guess we have to make Rocking Horse our should have backed it for the week, don't we? Given it, <laughs> neither of us have probably heard of it before uh, Saturday. No, I, well, I don't think we'll go that far. But I just I ignored the New Zealand form, and I even when I heard the, the horse Rocking Horse, I I just I went back and tried to find the horse in the in the field there, and I just. <laughs> Struggled to find. I thought Rock and Horse. What, what's this? Because I know I knew about Levante, and I just saw that New Zealand force Levante run against um, uh, in, on Trivier, and mm. I just thought, you know, could you picture an on Trivier in an Everest? And I, yeah, you know, really couldn't. So I just thought we'll go with these, you know, Everest type horses like Lost and Running, Home Affairs, Mask Crusader. You know, focus on those horses and. They were just all disappointing. I couldn't... The New Zealand Force... New Zealand form is stacked up here quite clearly in the new market, but I just think our top horses just didn't turn up. Yeah, it's interesting. There's been a lot of talk post-race about the track bias, Big V, and I'm keen to hear your thoughts on what you thought that was. But interestingly, Levante, one of the horses you just mentioned, actually won the outside segment, and that's ahead of you know the fancied runners like Home Affairs... Uh, your fave, Lost and Running, and Mask Crusader, and a couple others. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so it does show that you know that New Zealand form wasn't too bad at all. But I just think um, the, our horses just performed below, or the you know the, the the horses that were high in the market performed below expectations, and that probably could do could have some part to the the track and whether that inside was better and. You know, when you got the, the, the trifecta, $101, $61, $26 all on the inside, you know, that inside probably was a bit faster. But So you're just wondering why, you know, they didn't go to that section of the track, why, you know, maybe being on the roughies, they just 
went for broke, you know, nothing to lose. Let's go to the inside and hope it's better. But I just think, um, you know, Artorias ran well, but how much extra ground did he have to make up going from barrier two to follow that their outside field? Because it's not like a gradual crossing. He, you know, it was quite sharp. So he might have covered maybe an extra 10 metres just going sideways. Uh, I just think home affairs was flat. Lost and running, very disappointing. First one beaten. He ran like a rocking horse, not like the, the winner of rocking horse. <laughs> and um, I think that's the last time I'm going to back a horse that has synthetic cook filler. I didn't find that out until much later in the week when I already had my money on him. Well, I was trying to steer you away from that horse last week, Big V, because it hadn't been down the straight. You assured me that uh, it had done a track gallop, but it's very and different And it won a track gallop days. as well. Yeah, I, well, I, I thought going into this race that Lost and Running could be the one that can take over Nature Strip as the... Uh, as our country's best sprinter in the spring, and I thought he could start by winning the new market, but he was, you know, very disappointing. And the other one that I expected a lot better from was Snapdancer. You know, she, she's finished 15th, one spot behind, lost and running, so a lot of disappointing performances. Yeah, and look, the fact that you found a whole bunch of disappointing performances on grand final day there, Big V, suggests to me that there was something else at play. Um, yeah. You can expect one or two, but when you have a whole field of horses just about running below yeah. their best, I think you can maybe argue that the inside was a better place yeah. to be. And just the last point on the new market, your Quantico, there was a good go on, on him, opened $18. His starting price was nine fifty, so there was a good go on Quantico, on the day as well and you know that's even ran poorly as well finishing 11th so yeah it's just uh look i don't think the the format of this new market's going to be that strong because a lot of disappointing performances and you know it's a couple of question marks going to the tj now oh look i'd just forget it if you're a lost and running fan mate get it around the bend uh, at Randwick and uh, you might see a different story but we'll move on to the Australian Cup and we'll start on those horses that you uh, backed and ran second Big V with Think It Over but Dewis was a, a strong win there uh, really did sweep down the outside and got past Think It Over and Spanish Mission who had set the pace unexpectedly Yeah I did have Spanish Mission on top when I was doing my tips but then closer to the day I thought maybe I made a mistake and I went with Think It Over because I thought I'd have a better map position from the inside draw, Spanish mission had drawn barrier 10. So the tactics change was unexpected and Peter Moody was questioned about it afterwards. But it wasn't not so much also the change of tactics that we didn't know about. It was that they they went... He, Spanish mission went very fast. And for him to hold be still in front at the 75-metre mark, it was a top effort. That was just a surprise, the tactics from Spanish mission... I didn't think he could sustain that, but he did well to do it for as far as he did. I didn't really consider Duas. He was $61 first up and 101 second up. And you, usually when you see those high starting prices, particularly the second up run was on a heavy track, I thought oh, I didn't want to really dive into to him or to her. And so I thought Think It Over was the, the better play and... Nothing wrong with how I think it overperformed. I just think Juice was was better on the day. Yeah, and when we were looking at the all-in market this time last week, Big V, I remember Juice was actually second in the market at the time. Obviously, drifted throughout the week and then on the day as well. But yeah, with Spanish Mission, I, I just got the sense they were trying to make it a, a staying contest, really push out yeah. and put pressure on some of those horses that didn't have that longer form like it does. Obviously, ran a 
nice third in a Melbourne Cup yeah. so he can stay. And that's a tactic when they were doing that. I thought, gee, that's not bad at the time. But, yeah, as you say, didn't quite have it yeah. in the last 50. I think the concerning part was that we didn't get the notification of the change of tactics mm. because that is a that was an extreme change of tactics from Spanish mission. But I think James McDonald also didn't get to the front as easily as he thought he would, so he had to go a little bit faster to get to the lead. And So he might be one that you can look at going to the Tancred now. But I think the way Juas won, eighth best last 200 of the meeting, which is incredible at 2,000, he really did relish that fast tempo. And the way he won, he was just running away from them. You know, I think he's got to be seriously thought of again for the Tancred as well. So they're the two horses coming out of the race Spanish Mission and Juas for next start, stepping up to 2,400. We might see them in your horses to follow moving forward there, Big V. But I wanted to move to a little bit earlier in the day and another horse that you are you might have just got our second on with Argentia and Barb Raider winning the Cooney Stakes there. Um, really held on well, and that's its second win on the trot this prep. Yeah, she did, and that was a very good ride by Craig Williams. Just stacked them up, slow tempo. I don't think that suited Argentia. I wanted to to see her a pair closer. I just think they could have been a bit more uh, more proactive with the ride and maybe get a position, you know, next to Yearning in the run. You know, barrier four with Yearning, barrier six Argentia. I think that's the difference in the end. If Argentia is a pair closer, she did take a while to wind up as well, but she had to make her her run four wide around the bend because she's so far back off a slow tempo. And she's only been beaten, or she's only missed out by her nose. I think that's the difference in the race. Yeah, I don't disagree, Big V, but I, I still do think she had a chance in the straight to win the race. And at about the point they went past us at the 200, I thought it would win the race. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say sometimes. If, you, if you're a little bit more forward, you, you kill a bit of the screen at the end. But who knows? But I know that So You See was a bit of a uh, hard luck story in the race there, Big V. A few punters weren't happy that it didn't quite get the job done at 8.50. Well, that was a big performance, only second start, coming from a maiden win, and and uh, she was you know, well-backed as well, $10 into 8.50 after opening $15 on Wednesday. And I think that you know, she's a progressive horse. You know, to be running in a Group 2 second up and you know, only finish within one length and after being held up, good performance... Yeah, and also the other one that was making a big step up was Arctica, pulled up with cardiac arrhythmia. But coming from a benchmark 58, I thought she was a bit unders in the market. You know, it is a big step up from a 58 to a Group 2, particularly against some good performances like Yearning and Barb Raider. So I was surprised that she held her price at $6. Uh, but maybe, you know, there might be some good talent with her and, and we won't know until next time because she did pull up with some... Excuses. Well, benchmark 58 to a group two is almost the biggest jump you can make, Big V, but yeah. I guess these are younger horses, aren't they, in, yeah. in early in their careers, and that's not unexpected. Yeah. And Some being, of them out of their maidens. And being by Ma Eustace, I think that's a factor into her price, but she didn't ease on the day. She you know, was still pretty rock solid. So maybe there's a bit of talent with her that we'll see you know, later on when she, you know, she might have a bit of a break, and then we'll see where she goes next. I think the um, the other point, the last point on Argentia is that she was a dominant favourite. She did ease out a little bit to two seventy, but maybe she's not as not as good as we thought, but not as dominant over this type of group. I think we thought that she'd just win this quite easily, but she may not be that good. Maybe she 
could be a 1200 1400 that might be her best distance maybe the 1600 could maybe a bit of a stretch for her so maybe in the spring we might see her more as a sprinter 1400 meter horse yeah it seems to lose a bit of that dynamic sprint in, the, in its last two starts that we, we probably thought would uh, result in it getting the job done pretty easily but uh, we might move across to Sydney there Big V and there's a horse there that started a short price favourite for the third week in a row, Espiona, that couldn't get the job done in the Coolmore Classic, um, which was won by Lighthouse very impressively in the end. Yeah, I think Lighthouse looks like she loves the wet tracks, and so she's bypassed the All-Star Mile, and the, the stable has gone for some Group one for some Group 1s, and she got a, another placing last week, backed up, got the win. I just think with... Espiona and also the stablemate um, fangirl that ran in the far lap. I just think with the wet tracks, this could be like a, a wasted preparation for them. You know, I think we'll. I don't think we should jump off Espiona, but she's the type of horse you'd want to back now on a good track. Gee, she gets a long way back, sitting last again last week, and uh, yeah, it's just it's a hard watch for punters when. You've got a heavy 10 sitting, you know, 12 lengths last, and you just don't even feel like you're in the race at any point. So great win by Lighthouse. Mirror Vision there and Hinge backing up as well after its win last start. Uh, we saw a promise of success go up to Sydney or stay in Sydney and and run a nice race there for fourth as well. Yeah, Drew Wide, promise of success. Big run. She, she's a horse to follow out of this race. The Wide Barrier, she's always going to, you know, get back in the field. So that's the risk you take with the back markers, but that was a... A big run by her. With better luck in run, she could have even gone a lot closer to Lighthouse. So, yeah, that was a huge performance. Now, we'll stay in Sydney, mate, because I've uh, just got to get your updated uh, bit of uh, advice from you around Shelby 66. So last week, after it almost knocked off Eduardo, you decided that it was no good, wouldn't get within five lengths of Nature Strip, shouldn't be anywhere near an Everest conversation. It's come out and won another Group 3. Well, she, yes... Shelby 66 has come out and won, and I don't see Nature Strip in the field that. <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, it heard what you said about it, and it's decided to go brain them again. Well, as I, as I mentioned, didn't run against Nature Strip. This wasn't an Everest-type field. He's be- beaten Rule of Law, Gravina, Dream Rule of Circle. Law, five in a row, big I th- I, And also, this is a, a heavy track we're running on. Fourth week in a row, Shelby 66 has run, so good effort. But heavy tracks, I think, has, has helped him. And I stand by what I said last week. I mean, well, well, listening to the trainer, Big V, um, they're going to go for a five-peat next week, five weeks in a row. Yeah, that's going to be... Um, yeah, I did hear that as well, so that's going to be a fair effort. Which race would that be? It wouldn't be the Galaxy, Galaxy would it? Galaxy, I would have thought, mate. Yeah, yeah why think, not have a crack? Yeah, I think... If the, if the track stay heavy? Yeah, maybe if it's a heavy track, might get a chance to surprise again. But, let, you know, let's see. So that, I'd, I'd say if it's running in the Galaxy, it wouldn't be going to the TJ, so... I won't be able to get proven straight away that you know he won't get within five lengths of nature strip. But yeah, just throw him in. No, why not? And but no, I stand by my comments last week. No, I think they were pretty fair comments, Big V, and I think they stand up. If you've got a heavy ten on Everest Day, uh, Shelby sixty six might be part of your conversation. But if it's a good track, then I think you're probably yeah, right. That a few of the others have it. I measured. don't think you're signing up Shelby 66 on the <laughs> hope that it's going to be a, a heavy 10. It does now, rate a lot in Sydney. Well, now that they've moved the Everest the week later from the first two, the first two Everests were run on you know bog tracks, and then they moved it a week later, and that's when the weather just starts to get a little bit better in Sydney. So 
you know, you're not you're not picking horses, hoping yeah, that's good. The rain's going to brave come. man. Um, particularly when, the weather. Particularly in Sydney, when you got uh, six hundred thousand dollars, you know, <laughs> at stake. Well, often we see, well, often we see horses get a right, late run into the Everest there, Big V. But anyway, thought I'd just uh, let you know about that one because I was on Shelby 66 just in spite of you uh-huh. and uh, came out and won at a really nice price, actually, for a horse that had gone past Nature Strip in its previous well, I start. I you should go all up next week in the Galaxy. <laughs> we'll see, mate. If it stays heavy, I might just do that. Now, Big V, um, I reckon there's a couple of um, poignant questions to come out of last week's or you know saturday's racing and i wanted to run a couple by you i know you've got a question for me as well but the first one i've got for you mate that i'm interested in is should flying mascot who was a very stylish winner there in race two at flemington uh have been given a a wild card for the all-star mile yeah i think so i think she should have at least been offered a wild card if it if it wasn't offered to to her and i think this year's all-star mile we're only getting four out of the ten four out of the top ten voted in the field this year, mm. which is you know, which is a lot of horses not turning up that have been voted. And this is a, this is a race that's supposed to be a you know voted by the fans, and I think it's exposed a just a a hole in the process where the emergencies are assessed on prize money. Where where I think that when horses don't, if a horse gets voted in and can't doesn't make it doesn't accept to go in the field, it should either be the next horse that's in the voting, which in this instance would have been Flying Mascot, or it should be at the discretion of Racing Victoria, until we get the 15 field, then we can go to emergencies because we're going to have a situation where a horse like, I think, Luna Fox will go into the All-Star Mile based on prize money won from 12 months ago, mm. and an informed horse like Flying Mascot doesn't get a look in. Now, they might not... They might choose not to accept to run in the All-Star Mile and decide to go, keep going through the grades and pick up some stakes wins. But I think that this year, yeah, this race is supposed to be a, a fan-based race and you know, 11 of the 15 horses are going to be wild cards and emergencies. Yeah, it's a fair point, Big V, and I didn't realise Flying Mascot was actually the next in the order because I was going to ask, are you basing that opinion on its run... On Saturday, I if it had finished fifth, would you still have that view? Well, the one last, the one second up, one last start, and also was a big winner in the spring. I just think you have got to pick horses on form, like the Cox Plate. It's the up to the discretion of the the Mooney Valley Board who makes the field, and I think that's what we should do for the All Star Mile up until you get to the final fifteen, and once those final fifteen are locked in, then the emergencies can be based on prize money. But I think it could be either the next in voting, because it is a fan vote. I like race. that idea, Big V. That's the whole yeah. point of the race, yeah. isn't it? The fan yeah. fan voting. Yeah, and or up to the discretion of the racing of Racing Victoria to try and get the best field in. Now we're going to go with emergencies, and it could be, you know, Vangelic, Luna Fox, and you know those horses aren't in aren't in as good a form as you know a horse like Flying Mascot. Anyway, I'm going to ask you, Phil, Ooh. is Espiona overrated? I'm going to say yes with an asterisk. Yes, she's overrated in the sense that punters and, you know, racing analysts like yourself, Big V, have overrated her. Um, she might not be quite as good as we thought she was. 
but she's still going to be a really good horse. I think she's she's ended up racing across three heavy bog heavy tracks this this preparation. I thought her first two runs were pretty good um, in those conditions. Still a young horse as well, so plenty to learn. Have to go around the Sydney way. Um, I reckon get it back to Melbourne on a, a dry track in spring, and we might see a very different Espiona. So yes, I think she was overrated. But I don't. I still think she's a very good horse. Okay, so you're sitting on the fence there. I well, think. not at all. You asked me whether she was overrated. <laughs> well, said, she has been overrated. You said yes, but you see her on a good track. Oh no, I think yeah. she's still a very good horse. But I think there was there were talk of her being, you know, up there with um, very elegant and Nature Strip as one of yeah. Australia's best horses, which is a little a lot of pressure for. Yeah. A, I mean, obviously the horse doesn't know that, but it's it's a it's overhyped. I would say Big V, and I think sometimes that. Gets yeah. proven. Well, a lot of media and punter overhype as well. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So I think still a very good horse, but yeah, yeah. We, there was talking of the second comings of mm-hmm. Farlap and Winks and all types of things uh, before this prep started. So obviously the, the results have shown that, yeah, she was a bit overrated. All right, Big V, um, your question, or well, a question I've got for you. Now, we mentioned the new market, and you actually touched on this in our analysis of the new market, where Artorius scooted across from Barrier 2 to be hang out with the uh, with the, the race favourites on the outside of the fence. But if Artorias had stayed on the inside, would it have won the new market? I think that's a pretty fair call, but there's no certainty in, in racing. And I think the way, you know, those horses on the inside finished, you know, you could always, you could argue that he would have just flew home on that inside section of the track and won. I think it's, I think some of the criticism of... Craig Newitt's ride was a bit unfair because you're not going to be following, you know, these horses that are 101, 61, 26, 17 dollars in the market, because if they don't do anything, he's on a hiding to nothing by the you know, by punters and commentators. So the tactics were the right way to go. You know, of course you're going to be tracking home affairs and lost and running, and go to that side of the field. It's just the way the race panned out. You know. Had he stayed on the inside, probably would have won or gone very close. Yeah, it, it, it's a real hard one, isn't it? Because no one expected what happened to happen. And yeah. they obviously had the pre-race strategy, as you said, scooted straight across. It wasn't a, a last-minute decision by yeah. the jockey. It was certainly a, a team decision, yeah. I think, to go to the uh, outside fence. And I had someone point out to me that Artorias still didn't run past Levante on that section of the track, but how much extra work did Artorias do to go across to that side? You know, he's... As I mentioned earlier, he could have gone extra and, and 10 metres sideways. A, I don't think that's an argument anyway because we, we've already just decided that the inside was the place to be. Mm. So you're asking whether it would have won the race, probably, or would have been right up in the yeah. finish, but didn't didn't finish off on the outside, as as many didn't. So, uh, yeah, that's great, Big V. I think we've uh, hopefully settled a couple matters there about the weekend. But, mate, I want to. we've already touched on a couple in the podcast so far, but we want to hear a couple of your horses to follow as we sort of move into some... Big racing in Sydney in particular this weekend. Yeah, a couple from Flemington. I thought Groovy Kind of Love looked pretty good. That was my horse to follow two weeks really? ago, Big V. Come on, mate. Well, We're already following it. Yeah, so we'll follow it again. <laughs> Second to Flying Mascot. And I'm hoping that they might go... Because Flying Mascot's going to go to, I think, the, the Stock Stakes. I think that's the race at Mooney Valley. So I hope Groovy Kind of Love goes somewhere else because I don't think it'll be Flying Mascot, but looks ready now. So you see that we mentioned earlier and another one coming from Queensland I probably should have made this horse my should have backed it for the weekend Gypsy Goddess 
just won with a leg in the air and paid black figures, just running against a couple of donkeys up there and just won so easily. You know, she's the one to follow for the ATC Oaks or the Australia Oaks, whatever it's called. And I think even maybe when she goes to the Vinery, you know, it might be worth having a look at as well. So there are three horses there. How about your horses to follow? Oh, look, I've decided after last week's accusation that I was um, copying your horses to follow Big V, I'm happy to follow your three in this week, and uh, particularly given you've just replicated one I chose a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I, I do think Groovy kind of love. It was another good run uh, in behind Flying Mascot there, and I think it's got a group win in it somewhere along the line, but perhaps not quite at the top echelon uh, of, the, of some of those group one horses. So hang on a second. It just, it just occurred to me that on Saturday you backed Rock o'clock. You went against the horse that you followed. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> a good point, Big V. Um, you know, you've got to be speculative sometimes with these, these, these races. But, yeah, I did actually jump off Groovy Kind of Love. I didn't think it was quite up to Flying Mascot. I was looking for something to beat Flying Mascot. So you uh, went rock o'clock. Okay. In the end, I did, mate. I ran a nice third there. But, uh, mate, we've got to look forward to next week's big races. We've got five Group 1s in Sydney and the All-Star Mile in Melbourne. We'll try to touch on a couple of those and look at a couple of the early markets. We'll start with a big one in Sydney, uh, the, the Golden Slipper. And Coolangatta, still favourite, has been favourite for months now, $4.20. Um, we've got Sir Jardin at seven fifty in my market anyway, Russian Conquest at $8.00. Uh, and best of Bordeaux at 10. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts yeah. one week out from the big race. You look at that market, I'll look at this market where Coolangatta has actually firmed over the weekend, $5 into four fifty in this market. But I, th- I, th- I still got him on top because Ma Eustace can do things that other trainers, or she, sorry, Ma Eustace can do things that other trainers can't, like we saw with Hitotsu last spring in the... In the derby. But the one from the weekend that I think can run really well is She's Extreme. You know, that was a she hits the line, she's paying eleven dollars. I think, you know, she's a a good chance of running top three. Yeah, well, it's funny with Cool and Gatter, I think pundits have been looking for something to beat it all autumn, haven't they? They've been saying something will come out of nowhere and, and, and you know, charge past it in the market, but it's really held firm as a favourite for this race for some time. And I do know that because I have a little long-range all-up cool and gather into Zaki for this weekend, which, which if it comes off, will um, we'll definitely pay for a couple of stakes this evening. But, yeah, and, and it stayed that favourite position, and I, I still think it looks the one to beat. Yeah, there's nothing dominant about cool and gather. I think she's favourite based on her first-up win, but she hasn't reached that level in her past two starts. Even in the Magic Millions, it was a good win, but... You know, we saw with Russian Conquest getting beat, you know, whether that was the heavy track. So it's up, it's there for a horse to come out and one run well. There's no, you know, dominant favourite here, but we just haven't seen that at the moment. It's just, it's the two year olds have been really disappointing this time. Maybe they're just a bit more even, Big V, but yeah, I do say that, I, you know, much more learned people than myself talk about the fact that Cool and Gatter doesn't run time. Um, it's still winning. You can only beat what's put in front of you, and it, it keeps to do, it keeps on doing that. So I'm happy to stick with it. Uh, we might now go across to the George Ryder Stakes Big V, and um, this looks like an absolute cracker on paper, as it as it is most years. In the, at the moment, we've got Mawunga uh, as a, as the favourite at four dollars. Converge, you should have backed it from last week in at four fifty. Forbidden Love, um, if the track stays heavy, will be 
one of the shorteners in the market, I'd imagine, at 460. And uh, one of my um, horses to follow last week, Private Eye at eights. Yeah, I think Converge is the one to look at. It's just a bit of uncertainty where he's going because um, still he's going to be nominated for the Rose Hill Guineas as well. Mwanga, I believe, may have been offered a spot in the All-Star Mile and they didn't accept it, so going to run here. They look the two. Forbidden love, yeah, if it's a, a wet track, but I'm, I'm going to play around Mwanga Converge at the moment. Animo won't be here. I think Private Eye might need a, a dry track as well. Maybe another run from him. So, yeah, Moanga Converge. It just depends where Converge is going on the weekend. Well, it will be really good to see how that field shapes up throughout the week there, Big V, because if a few of those horses run in it, it's going to be an absolute cracker of a race. Um, speaking of crackers on a race, and we actually mentioned this race earlier, Big V, and hopefully we'll see where Shelby 66 is sitting in the market. But we've got the Galaxy, um, which is currently has Isotope as the favourite. Um, Mazu and Big Parade also in the market. Yeah, I'm still kicking myself. I didn't back Isotope on Magic Millions Day. That's the one I'm looking forward to for the for the Galaxy. But Mazu's a really up is it is the up and comer sprinter. Comeback at Gelding has had two big performances, so one that I'll have to look at when the acceptances come out. But Isotope and Mazu, I might early picks at the moment. Would Marabi be going up for that? It's currently in the market at $7. Maybe. I, whether they... I think the William Reed is still an option as well, but, yeah, I think Marabi at 1100 I think 1100 is much better distance for Marabi. So, yeah, Marabi as well. We'll, we'll put a question mark next to Marabi because just not sure if it's going to go up there or stay for the William Reed. And if people are following Shelby 66, it's got a bit of a cult following now. What's I can see price? it in the market there at $17. Yeah, so get on, get on. A bit more rain over during the week, you never know, mate. I reckon you'll get better on the day. Uh, I suspect 17s is unders. I think, I think you'll get a lot better than that. I'd actually be surprised if it runs, to be honest. Five weeks on the trot in those sort of conditions would uh, when really, in, really... When hard. they're in the purple patch, just... You know, keep going. It's a, it's a bush horse. You know, at the end of the day, it's a bush horse. <laughs> it's hardened. Just, just <laughs> let him run. You know, you, you never know. All right, Big V. Well, we'll move to Melbourne for the big one there, the the All Star Mile. We've had a bit of a chat about that already uh, through through some of the questions there. But Zaki is now firmed into two dollars seventy as the favourite. I'm thunderstruck. One of the early faves of of the race, and also a favourite of yours, out at seven dollars, um, and quite an even field past that. Yeah, I'm not going to be backing Zaki. At- Two dollars seventy. Anything under three dollars, I'm just not going to worry about it. The, I, I was pretty confident on Zaki last week, and maybe as we get closer to the race, you know, I start thinking of the the negative side of things, and I just worry whether you know that first up run they went so slow. The more I looked at that race, they just went really slow, and I don't think that he would have got any fitness benefit out of that. And this is where you got to trust Annabelle Nisham to put in the work. I, I think maybe I undersold Inspirational Girl last start or, you know, when she beat Zaki and, you know, she's had two runs. She had that yeah, the tough run first up and so that will, at least she's got some fitness benefit from that first up run, got an easy second up run. You know, maybe, you know, she can upset Zaki again, but I'm just not going to dive into Zaki at a short price. If she, you know, I'll just have to wait for the day and hope that, he gets out to $3 plus because yeah, Hitotsu might be in this field as well. We're still not sure where Hitotsu's going. That, he might go to the Rose Hill Guineas. I think Pinstripe's under the odds. 
Um, I'm thunderstruck. Not sure. His two runs have been a bit inconclusive for me. So we'll just wait and see. You know, Cascadian will be better at the mile. I think Mr. Brightside, I don't think he's up to Zaki, inspirational girl. So I'll just, you know, you know, maybe inspirational girl, if you're getting $7, $8, could be a good each-way bet. Well, mate, I was about to say there's actually a couple good each-way bets if you do think Zaki's a bit vulnerable, um, which I don't. But you've got Tofane here in the market at $14, Sierra Sue, $19. Uh, as you said, Cap- uh, Cascadian and even Ice Bath at $27. And I know we have to have the field finalised and these horses need to be running, but there is a little bit of value just on first look at a couple horses at odds there. Yeah, there is. So I'm just going to be waiting, biding my time, and just see what price you're going to get for Zaki closer to the race because I think anything under $3 is, is is under the odds, particularly based on that first up run where it was a very soft tempo. And, you know, if we do get a high-pressure all-star mole, does that leave him exposed? So we, we just got to trust the trainer that Nisham gets him ready for a high-pressure race, which I think we'll get in an, in an all-star mile. When you've got $5 million on the line, you know, they're not going to be sitting back and... And waiting, you know, we're going to. I think we'll be seeing some more proactive rides, you know, for a big money race. Oh, I suspect that's definitely the case, Big V. I can't see another slowly run race, but uh, that's all we've got time for for the podcast. I should have backed it this week, Big V. It was good to see you down on the track, and we're going to back to back, mate. We're going back to the All Star Mile this week. It was absolutely perfect conditions last week, and early forecasts suggest we might get similar ones for this Saturday. So. It really was nice to see Melbourne back a little bit um, in that meeting. I'm not sure what the crowd figure was, but Flemington was pumping. Yeah, it looked like there was a big crowd outside and you know, a lot of people will be inside as well. So a good crowd. I'm looking forward to the All-Star Mile Day. Five Group 1s in Sydney, whether, you know, whether that's too many Group 1s in a day, but it's going to be a busy day for me, no doubt. So hopefully I can get out, watch a few races with, with you and maybe celebrate afterwards. Hopefully get couple of winners this time. I've got to say, mate, not, not, not these close-up seconds. We'll get a few winners on All-Star Mile Day, both in Melbourne and Sydney. But thank you. Thanks to all our listeners. Um, and as we move forward to a big day at Rose Hill and Flemington, as always, good luck on the punt.